This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back. This is Season 5, Episode 8, and today I am going to be busting some carnivore myths. A lot of you reached out and answered a poll I had on Instagram stories about what kind of myths you hear about carnivore or maybe reasons that would hold you back from doing carnivore. And this is not an episode to try to convince anybody to do a carnivore diet by any means. If you're not sure why you would do a carnivore diet or what it is or who would do this, then definitely go back to the first few episodes of season five and listen to those or re-listen if you already did, just to get yourself reacquainted to who might benefit from this type of eating style. But before I jump into this big topic today, I just want to remind everybody that if you live locally in the Twin Cities area in Minnesota and you have a child who is homeschooled or they're going to be going into homeschool this upcoming year 2021 in the fall and they're grades 7 through 12, then you definitely want to check out Mid Metro Academy. I am going to be one of the teachers at Mid-Metro Academy this year and I'll be teaching a course called Eat Well, Feel Great. It's a class all about how to eat and how to uh, adjust what you're eating so that you have a body and a life that you really want. And this is so important for kids who are growing and who are experiencing struggles like acne, anxiety, sleeping problems, mood issues, weight gain, belly pains, you know, digestive troubles, the list goes on and on. And we all know how hard it is to be a kid and a teenager growing up. And when you don't feel good, you don't have a very good life. So this is an opportunity for young people to get started on this learning early. So hopefully they grow up super healthy and strong and can achieve everything that they dream of. So if you're interested in this kind of homeschool class for your 7th through 12th grade student, then just go to midmetroacademy.com and check out the school. You can um, learn about how that school works and check out my course or any of the other courses that the school is offering. And we are having an open house coming up on June 6th in the evening. So if you'd like to meet me or the other teachers or see what it's like, feel free to attend that open house and I hope to see you there. I also just want to say I have been loving this springtime. I'm having so much fun gardening this year. The last couple of years since Chris and I moved into our house, I've been expanding our garden and really just having blast with it. So every chance I get, I'm out there planting new plants and watering and fertilizing and I spend a lot of my time learning about growing these different types of plants. We have lots of flowers. We just got another rose bush so now we have four different types of roses and then we also do straw bale gardening. Last summer we had a huge straw bale garden going on in our front yard with 
tons of vegetables and herbs and it was amazing but this year since we're not eating well I'm not eating any vegetables and Chris is eating a pretty small amount this year we just have one straw bale for a lot of herbs and some lettuces for him and it's so much fun and so easy to grow and then we have two other big rows of straw bales for mini gourds and they're called Casparita pumpkins. They're those tiny little pumpkins and they're white. And if they work out and they really start growing, then we're building a huge trellis, uh, like an archway for them to grow over on the side of our house. And it's just been so fun. I absolutely love the reward of starting from th something from a seed, seeing it sprout, getting it to grow, and then planting it outside and nurturing it. And I just think it's amazing and that's how I've been getting nice and connected to nature and myself and it's just wonderful so if you haven't ever done gardening I would highly recommend you just get a plant and take care of it and you are gonna feel like you're superhuman but that's enough of that let's start busting some carnivore myths so like I said I asked you on Instagram what kind of myths that you hear and here today I'm gonna go through a number of those that you had brought up so first of all this is a myth you have to eat organ meats or take organ capsules like pills with organ meats in them if you're gonna do carnivore and yes that is a myth you do not have to do that um, some people do carnivore for years and years and years and they never eat any organs at all and they feel fantastic. Other people really feel better when they add in organs. I'm one of those people that I feel better if I'm eating some organs. I don't enjoy eating organs. It's not something that's really fun for me but the more I eat them the better I get at it and I notice that when I have a little bit of some liver or uh, heart like chicken hearts or beef heart just small servings throughout the week I feel more energy I feel more satisfied with my food and I just have a better sense of well-being I just feel better the organs are extremely high in nutrients very very high so some of the argument for people not doing carnivores that they say oh if you're not eating vegetables where are you getting any of your nutrients well there are massive amounts of nutrients in organ meats much much more than vegetables so I'm not going to get into every single different type of organ and all of the different nutrients that are in there that would be very easy to just look up online or find maybe a chart or a list of that but just know that you might end up feeling better if you're incorporating some organs either eating the actual organ or taking the capsules but if that's holding you back from even starting carnivore just ignore it you can definitely just get started and just pretend you don't even know about organs like I know for some people it makes them very squeamish it makes them very feel very icky to think about just ignore the organs if that's bothering you and just get started on carnivore and then down the line revisit the idea ask yourself if you're not feeling your very 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 best on carnivore then you may be a candidate to try adding organ capsules or organ meats 
But if you're feeling fantastic and life is great, no complaints, then maybe you don't need to be eating those organs at the time. Second myth, carnivore is expensive. Well, expensive is a relative term, so I guess it depends on what you mean by that. Um, That means is a certain dollar amount per month is expensive for you? Are you really looking at how much you spend every month or are you just looking at, you know, one ribeye steak or T-bone steak is expensive or super high quality salmon might be expensive compared to having something like ramen noodles, which might be a dollar, two dollars, something like that then yes, comparatively, that would be expensive. But if you are looking long-term at your health, carnivore can save you thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, pain, stress from medical expenses. So lots and lots of people reverse all kinds of health conditions that they have that would usually put them on expensive medications, expensive doctor's visits, and maybe expensive surgeries or treatments, and then um, a life of stress and pain and struggle with their health. So if that's what you're comparing, carnivore can really save you from tons of expense. So it's just the way that you're going to look at it, and you are going to decide what is more valuable for you to spend your money on. Is it high quality meats and good you know, nutrition or is it going to be better for you to spend that money on medications, surgeries, and doctor's visits? And there's no judgment here. It's just that you need to look at that realistically and decide what is it that you want. Also, there are endless variations of carnivore that you can choose from. You could buy the most expensive meats. You could buy all the most expensive supplements and go for that. Or you can choose foods that aren't as expensive. Lots of people eat tons of ground beef and eggs and butter. That would be a lot less expensive than having lots of different types of seafoods, expensive cuts of beef, you know, lamb, duck, all of these expensive meats, you don't have to eat those unless you want to. There are also some pretty easy ways to save money on carnivore. For one, buy in bulk. Buy a whole or a half cow. Buy a whole hog. Buy a whole lamb. And when you buy the whole animal, the farmer or the butcher will be giving you a discount. So they might say, okay, you're going to buy this whole grass-fed cow. The entire thing is $9 a pound. And maybe for the cuts of ground beef, wow, that's expensive ground beef. But then for a lot of the other cuts of the animal, that is super, super cheap. So it evens out to be much less expensive than buying the individual packages of meat from the butcher or from the grocery store. I've done this a lot. I've bought a half cow, I bought a hog, and I'm planning to buy um, another hog and maybe a lamb at some point soon, and it's just wonderful. I also order my chickens from a CSA, so I get six frozen chickens 
every two months and they come at a discount because I'm on like a regular delivery of these and they are the whole chicken versus always going to the store and buying chicken wings or chicken thighs. That adds up to be much more expensive. You can also save money by cooking a whole chicken and then eating the pieces of the chicken and then putting the bones, the skin, all the juices back into a uh, instant pot or a crock pot with some water and you can make broth. So that is a wonderful way to use the entire animal and save some pennies. You also will be saving a lot of money on carnivore by not eating processed foods like chips, guacamole, soda, other kinds of beverages, you know, orange juice, crackers, pasta, tomato sauce, salad dressing, muffins, cookies, popcorn at the movie theater, candy, cakes, all of that stuff goes away and you're not paying for that. So I haven't actually added up exactly what I'm spending compared to if I were eating lots of processed foods. But I know that I'm not just dropping, you know, six bucks on a latte or five bucks on a bag of, you know, paleo chips ever. So I, I feel like I am actually saving quite a bit of money. Next carnivore myth. Carnivore is boring and restrictive. Well, that is also subjective. And for some people, maybe it is boring and it feels too restrictive. I thought that that would be the case for me because I used to absolutely love vegetables, spices, herbs. I loved to have different sauces. I used to make, you know, stir fries like Chinese food and then we would have Mexican food and then we'd have Italian style. I really was into cooking and making all these different foods and having fun with it. And now that I've been on carnivore for a significant amount of time, my taste buds have changed. And I crave different types of meat. I find it absolutely thrilling and delightful to have a pork chop one day and then a piece of salmon for dinner and then you know some roasted chicken with lard smothered all over it so it's crispy on the outside and then sometimes I just could die for a big bowl of ground beef and I know it sounds unrealistic like if you haven't experienced that you probably think I'm lying or I'm exaggerating but I'm not I actually do like my mouth waters and I crave these different animal food products and when I'm truly hungry inside meaning that my stomach is growling and I have true hunger I want meat and a piece of meat looks so appetizing but if I'm bored or if I'm laying around or if I've watched too much TV or I'm feeling you know sad and depressed or it's a cloudy day, then sometimes it's true, my mind wanders and I just, I want to have maybe, you know, something else, some, some vegetables. I want to have a salad or I want to have, you know, some chips and guacamole. But then when I really think about it inside my body, I really just either am not hungry and I need to get up and move around or get outside or... I really actually would feel better if I had meat. So it does take slowing down 
tuning in and being honest with yourself to find what is it that you are truly craving and wanting. And oftentimes if you've been eating carnivore for long enough, you really do want that meat. And your taste buds really do change over time. I find that different meats taste so different that I feel like I have such variety. I don't at all feel like it's restrictive in like my craving for variety at all. And if I ever do have something that has stevia, like I do still use some liquid stevia in lemon water. Like I like to pour a whole bunch of lemon juice in a big glass of water and add a few drops of stevia. I find that since doing carnivore, I use a tenth of the amount of stevia that I used to. My taste for sweet has completely changed and I don't like sweet, sweet things at all. Or on occasion, I still have some little like coconut chocolate treats that I make where I melt 100% cocoa or um, chocolate. It's like these chocolate chips that are completely unsweetened. It's just the chocolate. I melt that. I add a very small amount of stevia and then I mix that up with some coconut chips like shredded coconut, but the big, big pieces. And then I put that in the freezer. And in the past, I would have used multiple dropper fulls of stevia. Now I like just a couple drops and it's very, very bitter. And I think if other people ate it, they probably would not like that. They'd probably think it was unsweetened. But personally, it tastes so good to me without all the sweetness. It's like the bitterness I want from the chocolate. And I know that that's not a carnivore food, but like I've said, I don't, I'm not 100% carnivore. I eat meat, I drink coffee, and then occasionally I have a little bit of my coconut chocolate treat that I make. And that's not every day. It's not every meal. It's every couple of days I have a little bit of that when I want some. And that's working for me. But um, I know it's hard to believe about carnivore not being boring or restrictive but once you get going with it and you're in it for at least a couple of weeks usually people's cravings and taste buds flip and carnivore becomes very fun and delicious for you and I don't know if that's true for every single person but what I do know is that I've seen tons of people that do carnivore say the same thing that I am saying that they feel that way as well and that they don't miss the variety or the vegetables and I think that if you do carnivore for a period of time and you experience some health benefits and then you try eating some vegetables like I've done and you feel horrible if that happens to you It's like you don't even care anymore. You're just ready to go all in. You're ready to feel great and it's worth it. And the idea of, for me, eating vegetables and then getting bloated and having gas and having belly distension and searing belly pains, it is not worth it. I would rather just eat delicious meat and feel good than have variety and lots of vegetables and different desserts and feel horrible. It's not worth it for me. The next carnivore myth. People say I need fiber to poop or I need vegetables to poop. Well, do you really? 
And I want to ask those people, have you actually tried carnivore for more than a couple of days, more than a week, and seen what happens to your poop? Because tons of people have healed their lifelong chronic constipation with carnivore. And I'm one of them. I used to always struggle with constipation. I used to always have to be popping tons of magnesium pills and all these different supplements and then doing enemas and all kinds of things. I've done so many colonics and colon hydrotherapy in the past and nothing really ever helped my constipation until I've done carnivore and now I don't have that issue. If anything, I err on the side of getting diarrhea, but I just have to manage that by making sure I'm not overeating fat. So I know there are some people who say, oh, I tried carnivore and I didn't poop. And then I find out that those people only did it for two days and they weren't pooping. And you have to understand that your body goes through a transition. And when you first make any kind of drastic change in your diet or in your life, you are going to go through a transition period and you will experience some discomfort. And you do need to just kind of ride it through. Now, there are some people who do carnivore and actually do struggle long-term with some constipation. So for those people, I would suggest adding magnesium citrate. And you just start with a low dose, like just get some magnesium citrate and take one capsule at bedtime. And then the next day, see if you poop. And if you don't really poop, or maybe it's just a little bit, then the next night you do two capsules. And then you watch yourself the following day did you poop? And if you pooped perfectly and it's going great, then continue to take two capsules every night. Or if you're not really pooping yet, then the third night you try three capsules and on and on until you get to a dose where the day after you take your magnesium, you have one or two or three very healthy poops throughout the day and you're feeling good with your pooping. And then if you get to the point where now you're having diarrhea or loose stools, you just need to back off and take less. There are also lots of other reasons why someone might not be pooping, and one of the main ones is dehydration. And if you're not drinking lots and lots and lots of water throughout the day away from your meals, do not drink your water anywhere near or during your meal time. But if you're drinking plenty of water away from your meals, that can really help with pooping. And I know some people think they're drinking plenty of water because they have a glass when they get up and maybe they have another few sips in the afternoon. But truly, you need to be drinking, I'm not going to say an amount, but a lot of water. Probably more than you think for the majority of people. And then adding in some nice, good quality Himalayan salt or making a Soleil solution and having that every day can really help. So if you're not making Soleil, just sprinkle in some Himalayan salt in your glass of water in the morning for sure and then maybe one or two more times in the day. And that can really help people with constipation as well. Sometimes it helps them go poop right after they drink that whole glass of water down. Sometimes it just helps them, you know, to poop later in the day. But ju don't just sip a, a little water here and there. Take a moment and actually drink down a full glass or two of water a few times a day. Definitely first thing when you wake up in the morning, you need two big glasses of water, either plain or with some Himalayan salt in there or Soleil. And then later in the day, you're going to be needing to drink down multiple glasses of water. And 
If you drink your water with your meals, this is not good. That is going to dilute your digestive juices and make it so that you don't have much hydrochloric acid or HCL in your stomach, which you need for breaking down protein and breaking down food. So you you want your stomach to just be empty and be in its natural state just as it is when you're eating food and not full of liquid that's going to dilute the hydrochloric acid. So you can have lots of water, you know, at least 30 minutes before your meals. And then for me, I like to wait at least an hour after I eat or longer till I have any water. And if you're taking supplements with food, that can be difficult. I know some people are taking a lot of supplements and you need all this water to take with your food. Well, what I do is I actually don't take my supplements with water with my meals. I have my pills sitting there next to my plate and then I'm chewing up a bite of food and when I'm ready to swallow my bite, I put a capsule in my mouth and swallow it with my bite of food. So that's how I get in my supplements that I need to take with food and not on an empty stomach. So again, I'm not going to say everybody poops perfectly on carnivore, but I am going to say that if you think you need fiber or vegetables to poop and you haven't given this a real try for more than a couple of weeks, then you don't know. It's not that it's you need to have fiber or you don't, it's that you still don't know. So just give that a true test for at least a month, maybe longer, and play around with magnesium citrate if you're struggling to poop at first. Next carnivore myth. Carnivore or eating zero or very low carb will cause me to lose my period. Well, anything's possible. I'm not going to say it absolutely 100% won't happen, but it's very unlikely because typically losing your period comes from eating a low-fat diet because your hormones are actually made from saturated fats. So if you're eating zero fat or low fat, that's going to be more of a time when you would lose your period or experience symptoms such as hair loss or um, a lot of anxiety and rage that can oftentimes go along with losing your period. Also, eating too few, few calories or fasting too much can definitely cause people to lose their period. But on carnivore, if you're concerned about that, then just make sure you're not fasting much. Maybe you are fasting 12 hours overnight, and then other than that, you eat your meals throughout the day, and you're not doing extended fasting or extreme intermittent fasting. Also, be sure that you are eating enough calories and fat and just enough volume of food. So don't try and restrict yourself and starve or undereat on carnivore. Um, and if you do, then yeah, you could lose your period because you're just simply not eating enough food. And then that would be an indication that your body is saying, oh, hold up, this woman should not have babies because she is undernourished and she's not going to be able to carry this baby to term. So that's why period shuts off. It's a fabulous indicator of health or not health. But if you are eating enough food, 
you shouldn't be losing your period. And if you're eating plenty of fat to the point where you're satiated with your meals, you'll feel really good, you like what you're eating, it's not so much fat that it's nauseating and it's not so little fat that you're unsatisfied, then you shouldn't be having issues with your hormones. If anything, it should be extremely healing for your hormones. Lots of people have actually gotten their period back by doing carnivore. They've lost their period some other way. It's been gone for a long time and then they do carnivore and after a few months, oftentimes their period will come back. Lots of people have become pregnant doing carnivore when they have struggled with infertility for a long, long time. So if you are, you know, seeing all these carnivores just getting pregnant right and left, I mean, that's a really good sign that that diet is working for their hormones. So just remember, if you're concerned about losing your period, make sure you're not fasting too much. Make sure you're eating enough meat and enough fat. And then our last carnivore myth is when somebody is underweight, they say, oh, I can't do carnivore because I'm already underweight. I can't lose any more weight. Well, carnivore isn't necessarily a weight loss diet. Uh, Some people do lose weight doing carnivore, especially if they're very, very obese or extremely overweight. A lot of those people will lose weight. But lots of people don't lose weight on carnivore or actually gain weight on carnivore. And there are ways of tweaking carnivore so that you can lose weight if you want to. And it's pretty easy to do, and a lot of people have great success losing weight on carnivore just by doing it a specific way that allows their body to let go of fat. But if you're underweight, you can absolutely do carnivore, and it actually heals a lot of underweight people and allows them to be able to gain weight for the first time in their life or in years. Especially if you're very underweight because you've got lots of health conditions um, and issues that are causing you to stay malnourished. Carnivore is an extremely nourishing way of eating, especially if you're eating nose to tail. So that means you're eating all the different parts of the animal. You're having the muscle meat, but you're also having the skin, you're having fat, you're having some organs. Maybe you're really using everything all the way down to making bone broth. Maybe you are just really going with the variety and eating very high quality nutritious meats then those people become very, very healthy and full of nutrition in their bodies and oftentimes will no longer be stuck in an underweight situation. So those are all of our myths today. I think we went through six of those and some of them you had requested over there on Instagram, so that's wonderful. Now coming up very soon in this season, I'm going to be doing a whole Q&A episode with all of your questions, some about carnivore, some about other topics to do with keto. So this is the time to make sure you get in your questions. And there's two ways of submitting questions. One, send me a DM on Instagram. You can find me at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. Or two, go to the website, projectketopodcast.com and fill out the contact inquiry form and that will just send me your little message with your question and I will answer it on the show. I've been getting some really great questions from some of you and I can't wait to go through all of those. For now, thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review this show. It really does actually help me out a lot when you do that. 
and have a fabulous rest of your week. Oh, 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 oh,